Hello and welcome to the Mal and Johnny Show. Today's very special guest is the director Guy Masterson. Guy currently has a show running in London called The Shark is Broken. It's a behind-the-scenes look at the making of the film Jaws. The shark is broken, well, the mechanical shark in the film regularly broke down, leading to the film overrunning. Now, I've spoken to Guy many times in the past about his one-man shows like Under Milk Wood or Christmas Carol, and also about his relationship with his uncle, the actor Richard Burton. We caught up with Guy in the green room as he was watching an interview on Sky all about his production, The Shark is Broken. Grab your tickets, it is selling well. Thank you. Thank you, Guy. Thank you. So welcome we to the yeah, guy. Wow. Welcome, welcome to the Mal and Johnny <laughs> Show, guy. Uh, we've we've in, interrupted you uh, w- watching an interview on Sky TV because that's where this show has now become. So can I introduce you to Johnny? This is Johnny Tudor, by the way. This is Guy. Hello, John. How are you? How are you? Nice yeah. You. So I mean, the show is is suddenly I mean taking off in lots of directions. Today is Media Day. You've got CBS coming from America. It's called The Shark Is Broken. Tell us what the play's about to start us off with. Well, well, basically, it's the filming of Jaws, which was supposed to be an eight-week shoot, and it landed. It was about, I think it was about 16 weeks in total. And uh, a large portion of that was spent on the orca because Stephen, in his infinite wisdom, decided to film on the sea because it was going to make it very uh, realistic. And, of course, it did. But that poses a bunch of problems with the weather and uh, and, uh, and and ships in shot and um, uh, all kinds of stuff. And the three main actors used the orca as the green room. And, of course, if you have any sort of a personality clash with anybody in, in, in such a, a confined space, and it was a confined space, um, they're going to find their way out, especially if one is volatile and has, let's just say, a predilection towards alcohol. So it's, um, uh, let's say, things boiled over, yeah. and it makes for incredible comedy, but it's all true. Um, and it's all, you know, based on... The diaries that Ian has of his father, that his father wrote of the, of the period of time, and also um, uh, interviews that all three of the stars um, gave afterwards, alluding to some of the issues that they had. So uh, it, it's very funny, but it's also incredibly poignant and deep and, and gets to the heart of certain core matters, which, as you know, uh, we've discussed in the past about Richard. Uh, my uncle Richard and um, and and his I- I- issues and um, fame, alcoholism, the desire to be a writer, um, you know, all those kind of things uh, uh, are discussed in the play against this backdrop of something which is incredibly commercial. Yeah, uh, yeah. Jaws. Yeah, uh, which pretty much everybody knows. Now you're directing. Uh, w- when did you come across the script? How did you find the script? Because it's 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 not the first time it's been put on. You, you did it originally in, in Edinburgh. Where, where did in you Edinburgh. find the script? Yeah. Well, Ian and I have been friends for 27 years. He was uh, he was dating a, a dear friend of mine when we first met, and uh, and of course we had long conversations about Richard and 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 Robert. And um, over the years, we discussed various things. He he knew about the play I directed, about Uncle Richard uh, playing Burton, and we talked at length about how um, y- y- you know how, how how such a thing could be handled. Uh, and I I you know, was pushing him towards doing something about um, uh, about it. But he was always very resistant, and rightly so. Um, anyway, two, three years ago now, he called me and said, I've come up with an idea, and I think I'm ready. What do you think of this? And he sort of, he just sort of pitched, pitched it over the phone to me, and I went, oh, my God, that is incredible. Yeah. Uh, so when will you have something for me to read? And... But two months later, he and Joseph Nixon, his 
writing partner sent me the script and I went this is going to work and we'll put it on at the Edinburgh Festival and we'll see what magic happens and the magic did happen and yeah. literally sold out before we opened and and then it got picked up by a well the world's biggest producer Sonia Friedman so we are ecstatic yeah. And she's literally put her, all her might behind it. She's given me as director the, 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 all the resources. Um, she wants to make what was a very small uh, nugget into something quite spectacular, but retain the heart of the essence of the piece that Ian wrote. Because for him, it was far more than just some of the parts. It was not not just a homage to to his father, but it was a homage to Jaws and... Uh, and an, ex an exploration of a, of a son's relationship with his father because Robert had a relationship with his father which is explored, which kind of echoes Ian's relationship with his own, own father. And, um, and of course, the, the deeper issues of addiction and, uh, and stardom and, and all of that. Yeah. And, of course, it's very popular because everybody knows Jaws and loves it. And if, you know, Do you think it'll become a film, this version? Well, who knows? I mean, uh, uh, there is rumour... <laughs> rumor that um mr spielberg is uh rather wow. Wow. uh we will we will see um i mean obviously stephen gave us the blessing to do the film and uh and so did richard dreyfus um they read the script loved it approved it and here we go Oh. Fabulous, fabulous. Um, you know, obviously, you know, the, Johnny was a, is a massive fan of your uncle Richard, uh, and grew up in the uh, same sort of part, part of the world in Port Albert and all that. New, oh, you know, yeah. I suppose having yeah. having Richard in the background for you, Johnny, was you know something to aim for, something to uh, aspire yeah. Well, to I I used to love. I've got the version of him reading Milkwood, right? The, the original version. And yeah. I, when I used to be away working, you know. I've been all over the world doing gigs and so on. I'd always have it on my, my CD player. And it's just that, apart from his wonderful voice, the way he actually delivered it. And I've just been a big fan. And then when I was, I was only about, I suppose, 19, he came to Port Albert with Elizabeth Taylor. And of course, the place was erupting, you know. He wanted to find <laughs> somewhere to be buried. <laughs> and he's up, he's up on top of Pontre de Ven. We're going to be buried over there, Elizabeth. Yes, I'll be back. But it never came to pressure. But I've just been a big fan all my life. I just think he was fantastic. Yeah, you know, you, you, you take it from a small because obviously Edinburgh, you've, you've you've limited resources, limited time to to put a production on. Mm. So when you've got the biggest producer in the world saying, "What do you want?" Um, yeah, it, it, not scary, but is it? Uh, you know, there's a paradox of choice. You can have too much options, can't you? Can you? Was it well, hard not to lose yes. the nugget that was there? That was the five star review. Well, that was something we had to struggle with um, because, you know, when we when we go from a, a fringe environment to a very, very commercial West End environment, possibly with a future uh, on the Great White Way, uh, mm. isn't that a great parallel with... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you, you know, uh, you, you've got to be thinking, well, what, what do mainstream audiences want? They're not going to want a, a, a little fringe nugget with, a, with you know, a bench... <laughs> on a, in a black box set and, and and no matter how strong the players they, they they want to feast their eyes so we had to figure out a way to uh, to do this and this was a, a writing thing a structural thing um and a directorial thing what could we do to enhance this this story to make it much bigger and visual and um we've we've, we've found a balance it's been uh, you know a very interesting process for me and i'm, I'm literally working with geniuses uh, and um 
the, the soundscape is incredible. It's almost movie-like. Um, the videoscape is extraordinary. You really feel you're there on the boat with them, with all this expanse of sea around you. And, of course, the lighting designer had to make it work, which is, I mean, he's brilliant. So... Um, on top of the expertise that we have in the play itself and the three brilliant actors that we have, who not only being brilliant, they look like the original stars. Of course, Ian does look like his father, which is terribly frightening. It's, a, it's almost a coup de theatre in, in his own right when he when he finally he, he jumps down onto the stage and everyone goes, <gasps> it's Robert Shaw. You know, that's a wonderful <laughs> moment. Um, but uh, our, our Roy Scheider, Dimitri, is extraordinary. And uh, uh, Liam... Uh, is uh, brilliant as as, as driver. So it, it really is a it's a feast uh, for Jaws fans, and it works for uh, for theatre lovers. It's still only yeah. the, the three characters. You haven't augmented the cast. It's just it's just still the three characters. Yeah, three characters. We have voices of Steven Spielberg and uh, mm -hmm. uh, and and various other ones. You know, in 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 the background off stage uh, that you can hear, but uh, but it's just the only you only see the three characters. Mm -hmm. It, interesting because James Gandolfini's son is playing him in the in the sort of the prequel to The Sopranos. So, you yeah. know, there, there may be something is in in the in the air at the moment. Um, you, you know, for for you, you know, you've worked so hard. Uh, I mean, we've spoken so many times about you know you do mm -hmm. one man under milk wood. You tour around the world on your own. They suddenly see the world opening up. I mean, I know you've had successes. Don't get me wrong, but this mm -hmm. is this is like the start of. Of a new life, isn't it? Isn't it? Hey, listen, I, 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 I never, t I never count my chickens, as Ian room, Ian says in the play. Don't count your chickens; you might end up on the cutting room floor. Um, but uh, it's, <laughs> I've been there. I've been there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know, I, I have had five shows in the West End, mm. and you always think, "Is this the start?" So uh, I'm, I'm sixty years old now, and I, I don't mind if it isn't. Mm -hmm. You know, it's an adventure. I'll, write, I'll, I'll climb the ladder, I'll enjoy it. You know, I, I don't want to uh, sound uh, um, sort of downbeat or anything like that, but, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a white uh, male, 60-year-old uh, uh, I get it. I get it. I get it. We all get it. It's never too late. It's never too late. John never too late. said Look. when he was 95, I think I'll change my age. That's what you're going to Well, a dear friend of mine, uh, I mean, you've probably seen the movie, um, Davy Johns uh, got the lead role in I, Daniel Blake at the age of 60. Yeah. yeah. And um, he was about to buy a donkey and run donkey rides on Skegness Beach, for God's sake, wow. and uh, ended up getting the lead role. Well, if it, it was the yeah. summer season in Skegness. Yeah. It was so bracing. It was bloody freezing. I don't know. What... <laughs> I mean, it, it's funny, because this is, a, like, I wasn't expecting this, but, you know, my latest album is called Butterfly. And uh, the idea is that, you know, we, we're so used, concerned with youth and getting older and, and stopping things. But, you know, butterflies go through a long period of their time before they get their wings. And you sort of have yeah. to get to the point where you have to struggle to break out of the cocoon you know i, I want to be a butterfly and I, I think it's a it's a perfectly good ambition for us all to want to be butterflies at, at our great ages all th all three of us um, well i mean mal you've always been creative i mean i i met you or when you when you were interviewing me years and years ago maybe 20 22 23 yeah. years ago and uh, and i didn't know for years that you, you you know that you were an established musician and and that you're a, a, a writer of big theater pieces um, so that's your modesty talking there obviously but you are you're as creative as anybody and um 
you've got to keep all those options open and you've got to keep doing it because that's who we are, you know? Yeah. So I'm going to keep writing. And if I, if it's, if it still takes me producing work or finding work to do, I will do it. If the phone rings and someone wants to hire me, I am available. Of course, of course. We're always available. We're always available. Um, John, Johnny, so growing up in Port Talbot, uh, there were a couple yeah. of things I thought, because you knew, um, now then, I'm just trying to work out the relationship. So you knew uh, Graham, didn't you? Graham Jenkins. I, Graham Jenkins. Yes. Very oh. well. Because, um, he was the, like the man about town. In fact, we used to call Richard Burton Graham Jenkins' brother. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there was a bloke in Port Talbot called uh, Uncle Bryn, he was known as, Bryn Thomas, and he had a club called the Carlton Club. He was the Mr. Fix-It in the town, you know, he had fingers in all the different pies. And he yeah. knew Graham very well, and we used to all go to this club, and Graham came over once. He'd, he'd just been over to New York and watched Camelot before anybody had seen it, and he was singing the songs down in the club. But, and he got my old man a job. I, I think I don't, my father was retired from music, and he got him a job in Andrew Scott's, which was a, a, a an engineering company or something. He's a nice bloke, Graham. Because yeah, but, uh, well, Uncle, Uncle Graham used to say that he was uh, Uncle Richard's professional double, he used and to do it, uh, he, he used to get away with it because yeah. people used to make, you know, you'd see him in a bar and they'd just assume it was him. Oh, he was a spit. Um, yeah, it was a bit of him. Same eyes, yeah. everything, yeah. yeah. And Graham had a fantastic voice. I mean, yeah, of the two of them, he had the better voice. Yeah, uh, yeah. In, in fact. There's a famous story when Uncle Graham was doing the Estevvods, uh, and um, I think it was my grandfather who said to Uncle Richie, you know, why don't you have a go? And Uncle Uncle Richard said, no, this is Graham's thing, you know. He says, go on, go on and roll. And Uncle Rich went up against him in the same competition, and he won. And Graham <laughs> never forgave him. <laughs> uh, what about what about Sean Owen? Is she also a relation of yours, Sean Owen? Yeah, well, sure, of course she is. She's my cousin. Yeah. 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 Oh, there you go. Yeah. I know yeah. Sean as well. Yeah. Because yeah. she had Sean that wonderful um, on-stage video of, of Richard when he was playing Hamlet, and she oh. showed it at St David's Hall. And I was knocked right. out. It was done in in everyday clothes. You know, it was great. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was a famous Hamlet. John Gilgood directed that. That's right. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I know I saw Sean, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, and um, when we went to see the Burton exhibition at the Museum of Wales, which is fantastic. Is it still uh, on? Because I, I want to see that myself. I think it is. I think it's on yeah. until late October. It's, it is very, very good. And I urge everybody to see. It. There's a bunch of stuff that the family have donated, uh, stuff which has never been seen before, mm. and uh, which is lovely. And it it really captures the sort of rags. I wouldn't like to describe the childhood as rags, but the rags, the richest story. It, it was a hard, hard life. Yeah, you know, my grandmother used to tell me stories of walking Richie up uh, up to Pontre de Ven from Taibach and, um, you know, holding Richie by the hand. And my mother was in a, in, 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 in a whatever it was that she held him in and, and a bag of washing because she used wow. to do the washing for the family up in... Up yeah. in the house, you know. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. No. Um. So <laughs> just looking at the future. So you, we, the show's open, but you know, when I spoke to you yesterday, you're still in tech. You say it's yeah. still it's still changing, it's still moving, and still. But we're technically in preview, so okay. uh, we lock the show on Friday, which means I'm not allowed to make any other changes unless there's an absolute disaster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you do? You keep an eye on it over the next fourteen weeks, or do you? Do you I do. Yeah. To- um, I have an associate director who's responsible for um, giving daily notes to the actors, make sure you know if they're trying things and it doesn't work, they'll she'll let them know, and she also uh, works the understudies so that. That they can slot seamlessly in if anybody were betide gets COVID or anything like that. Mm. Um, and I'm, I'm my job is to drop in from time to time, maybe once a week from now to the end of the run, and um, give the actors some encouragement and mm. just enjoy it. Yeah. You know? But what are you going to do then? Going to be bored soon, aren't you? 
Uh, oh, I'm going to go. I, I've got a tour starting. Right. What is uh, it? And where is it? Carol. Come on. <laughs> I'm going all over everywhere with Christmas Carol. In fact, I'm playing, I'm playing Wyside, Bill Wells, and I'm playing um, uh, Cardigan, I think, Muldan, uh, with Christmas Carol. And, uh, you know. And again, it's, it's one Christmas of those. Time. Yeah, it's one of those big cast things. You turn up on your own. Uh, <laughs> you do, you do yeah, one man cast. band. Yeah, yeah. It's a big cast because I've just put on weight. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's all right. It's um, it's fun. It's what I've been doing for years, and I love doing it around Christmas time because I start to feel Christmassy when I start to recite those lines in November. Yeah. By the time Christmas comes, I'm desperate for the eggnog. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's re- thank you ever so much because I know you're incredibly busy and uh, today is media day so uh, you know go and spread the world all around the world and um, yeah I mean just wish you all the very very best and yeah be, oh, a, be a butterfly guy okay? now's your time to be a, now's your time to be a butterfly <laughs> thanks now lovely to see you again and, and to Johnny lovely to see you you probably yeah. know half my family up in probably do yeah 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 if you yeah. see any of them give them my love yeah, I will I will it's, it's, nice it's, to meet you yeah so it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from Guy. <laughs> nice to see you, Guy. Take care. God bless. Take care, boy. All of us. Pop Lock, Coil Valve. Oh, bless you.